everyone, and welcome to the Dorky Diva Show. This is your host, Savannah Kiefer, and I hope you were able to see Rogue One last week because this will be a very spoiler-filled episode of the Dorky Diva Show. Joining me today is one of my favorite Star Wars fans, Brian Balance, who goes by Jedi Brian online to discuss Rogue One. Welcome to the show, Brian. Oh, hey. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. And Brian, you and I, how did we meet? We... I feel like we met via the 501st, but we also met via blogging. Do you remember how we first connected? It Well, it's kind of strange because I knew who you were online uh, before we met in person. I knew of you via mutual friends from the Legion, mm-hmm. but, we, but we didn't meet in person until Star Wars weekends of last year. Right. And it was and it was just long enough for me to get one of your pins because I really wanted one. Yes, I gave you and a button. Then, yes, and then we didn't... I wouldn't say we became like friends until you were a guest on my show and then we became like instant best friends. And that was, gosh, like just a couple months ago. And for all the listeners out there, if you haven't listened to this episode of his show yet, I'm going to link it somewhere in the description of this podcast because we had such a great time. We talked about just like Star Wars in general and we went on so many tangents about (laughs) Star Wars and especially your favorite character who's Qui-Gon, which is awesome. Yes. So we we just had a really great time, and I knew I wanted to have you on my show eventually. And after seeing Rogue One, somehow I was like asleep in the middle of the night, and then I woke up to check my phone at like 3 a.m., and somehow <laughs> you had tweeted something about Chopper being in Rogue One, and I yes. tweeted you back, and I was like, where is he in the movie? Like, I need to look for this next time I saw it. And then somehow we got on the phone, and we talked for like four hours about this movie <laughs> because it was so phenomenal. Spoilers. Yes. We loved it. So um, we thought it was just fitting to talk about Rogue One. But I also wanted to mention um, during our conversation on the phone, we realized that all of our conversations are basically podcast material. Um, So continuing from now on, um, Brian will be a co-host on the Dorky Diva show um, every other month. So every other month he'll come on the show. We're going to talk about all sorts of Star Wars stuff. And then in between those months, I'll have different guests on to talk about themselves and other things in Star Wars. So Brian will be back. Um, yes. And we're just we're just going to dive into this because this movie was a lot to oh, process. I am pumped. So just like <laughs> your initial thoughts, because you've seen it a few times now. But when yeah. you first stepped out of the theater, what was your reaction oh okay first first time i i've seen it i've seen it four times now as we're recording this and the first time i actually remember audibly just being like wow just over and over and over because yeah the the, the final scene and we're this is you said spoiler alert so we can get into it yeah the, fi- the final scene with darth vader was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in my entire life. It was so like, scary. Oh my god! Like I, I well, you've talked about it before. Darth Vader's become such an icon now that it's he's kind of losing the the scariness mm-hmm. of him. You know, a lot of people they think Darth Vader, they think I'm your father. Whereas, like as a kid, I remember having nightmares of that exact same thing at like seven years old. Just dark hallway. He, I just hear breathing. Then there's a lightsaber, and I can't get away. Yeah. So see, so seeing that on screen, my heart's racing, and like I can't breathe, and I just watched all my friends die. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is dead. Yeah, it's just so much. And then I I've read all the canon books that are out uh, as of now, and Lords of the Sith 
is my personal favorite thus far. And Lords of the Sith was the first time we ever got like an in-depth view of Darth Vader's capabilities and how ruthless he is. And to see that on screen was just insane. What an insane way to end the movie. I just remember uh, leaving the theater and I said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like over and over for probably 10 minutes because I just couldn't process what I had just seen. Yeah. And you're right. He, it was just so terrifying. He cut someone in half from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and at first, when I first saw it, obviously I knew that the rebels were having a hard time getting the door open, but I was so focused on what Vader was doing that I didn't really pay attention to the whole door situation. So I've oh. seen the movie twice as we're recording, hopefully a third mm -hmm. time within the next day or two. But as of right now, I've only seen it twice. And the second time I saw that scene, I was focused on the door and how it wasn't opening. And then they slipped the plans through the little crack in the door. And I was just so sad for those rebel troopers because it's like they knew... Yeah. They were about to face their death. And like kudos to the actors that played them because Absolutely. they looked like they were about to poop their pants. Like they were they, they were as terrified as I was. Yeah. It was <laughs> Except more so. Oh my gosh, it was so sad. But like let's sort of go back and start maybe through the beginning of the movie and we can just talk through sure. it. Sure. Let's, so let's go. Let's go. For me personally, um, mm -hmm. we should talk about the opening crawl because this is the first Star Wars movie that we've seen without an opening crawl. So how did you feel about yeah. that? I, well, I was spoiled in the sense that I read Catalyst first. Mm -hmm. And Catalyst is essentially the crawl for this movie. Like I've never, the expanded universe has always been like an addition as opposed to a companion. Mm -hmm. Whereas like you get these extra stories told of Darth Vader, like, oh, he also did this at this other time. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I've ever read anything with the exception of the novelizations that were as closely tied to a movie as Catalyst was to R Rogue One. And seeing the openings, the, the, the lack of a crawl, it, kind of, it gets right into it. Right. And you're it's like, <laughs> abrupt. <laughs> yeah, immediately, like, here we are. And having read Catalyst, like, I already knew everything that I was being shown, seeing Lyra and Galen on this planet farming, and Krennic shows up. Like, I already knew all that backstory of everything as to how we got to this point. So you were prepped. You were like 100%. ready to go. Whereas Correct. I hadn't read Catalyst and I'm planning on reading it um, hopefully this week so that by the next time I see Rogue One, I'll have a, lore, a little more insight on all of the details that were in that book. But I didn't sure. read the book yet. So for me, you know, you see a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and that felt very normal. And then you're expecting right. like the big, you know, opening music and the crawl. and But it's like, boom we're at a planet and it just, it's so abrupt. And I just looked over at the friend that I saw the movie with and I was like, wow, that was weird. <laughs> like yeah. it just, oh, absolutely. just got to it. So it was a little weird, but it's okay. And I'm glad it was, it was to the point, you know, they didn't really waste a lot of time in this movie, especially at the beginning. I felt like it was pretty quickly paced. Um, oh yeah. And they Pace jumped around to a bunch of different planets. We, we got so many different planets in this movie. Yeah. And, one of my favorite things towards the beginning of the movie was when Bodhi got captured. Um, oh, there was a little cameo of a shadow scowl. And, there was. You know, I don't know how many people are aware of my costumes in the 501st, but uh, my one costume in the 501st is a shadow scout. And mm -hmm. shadow scouts are no longer canon because of the whole EU deal. 
Um, right. But now that this helmet showed up, it means that they're canon again. So that was a huge deal for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's me. So yeah. that made me really happy. And that was a really cool little cameo. But like right off the bat, I felt really connected to Jin. And I'm glad sure. I got to see her as a child because I felt like it made you more emotionally connected to this little girl. And as you saw her grown up, you know, you kind of knew what her backstory was a little bit. So I right. really liked that. Um, and then obviously along the way, we met all the other uh, rogue people that joined the crew. But yes. what was your opinion of Jin starting off in the movie? Jin, I, I love Jin. I think she's fantastic. I've always, we, we said on my show that I love strong women. Mm -hmm. Like even growing up, I never understood the appeal of like the damsel in distress and like saving her. I'm like, the woman's totally capable. She can save herself. That'd be great. Right. You know, like Princess Leia is grabbing a blaster and joining the fight. Padme is like aggressive negotiations, shooting things. Ray is beating up people trying to take her droid. Yeah. And, and I love Jin so much because she's a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, when we meet her, she's in jail. She's a fighter. And yeah, and like, she doesn't care. She's so different than anything else. You know, we've got a senator, a princess, a queen, a scavenger, now a criminal. Yeah. It was like unabashedly, like, they, she gets rescued from prison in the middle of a transport, and the first thing she does is attack the person who let her out. Yeah. Like, like, nobody does it. Everyone, anyone else would be like, oh, thanks so much for saving me. She's like, I'm getting out, and just starts attacking people. Yeah, um, so it's insane. I, I, lo I love that. I love that she's so scrappy and just ready to fight at any time. And then when you get the fact that she was raised by Saul Guerrero, who's an extremist, and you get that whole backstory to where the, her and Cassian are stuck in a hallway surrounded by stormtroopers, and she whips out this baton and just starts beating people. Right. It was so I, awesome. I, lo I love Jen. I think Jen's fantastic. I do too. I think she was pretty great. And... I, I wrote down a list as soon as I left the movie theater for the first time. I made a list on my phone of all the things in the movie that I just love, like things that stood out to me. And I remember specifically when they first showed Governor Tarkin. Oh. I lost it. My mouth hit the floor and it stayed there for his entire scene, if not longer than that. I mean, Ditto. We yeah. talked about this on the phone. We were both like, they brought Peter Cushing back from the dead for this movie. Like, they literally yeah. performed magic and brought him back to life because it looked so much like him. And kudos to ILM for doing this because that was sure. an amazing feat. We've seen other characters sort of like this in other movies before. Um, like in Tron Legacy, there's a character like this. and yeah. But I don't ever think we've seen anything up to this quality before yeah i don't i don't think so not to this extent no I mean, that, that it's insane the dude's been dead since like 94 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they perfectly and, matched him and it's it's interesting because i was hoping we would see him in the movie right. but i didn't know how they would do it and i know in episode three they used a different actor and they just put prosthetics right. on his face and they really didn't really dive into the cgi aspect of what they could have done with For Tarkin. Sure. And, you know, I thought this time, well, maybe Steven Stanton will play him. You know, we've seen him voice Tarkin right. for a long time now. He's cosplayed as him. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had used him for the movie. And I knew he had voiced, um, you know, another character in the movie. So I was like, well, maybe he voiced that character while he was on set one day working as Tarkin. Who knows? But the fact that they went all out and just completely replicated this character, it made it tie in with A New Hope so much more because oh, for sure. I watched a new hope pretty soon after leaving the theater 
um, because they're oh. so excited about it. And they just right. went together so flawlessly because of that detail, like the time that they put into that character. Absolutely. See, I couldn't believe like how much time they spent with him. Because yeah. given, you think about the amount of money and like time and effort that these artists put into bringing somebody back from the dead, showing his face close up as opposed to shooting him from far away and having him be a reflection the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't believe like, how they prominent <laughs> how pro- how prominent he was in this yeah you know because you think just for the sake of a budget like okay well we'll use it a little bit and then we'll we'll use Tarkin sparingly but right. no he was straight up like a supporting character in this movie he was in the movie and some of my friends had said you know they thought oh just because ILM can do that doesn't mean they should have like some people thought that he was used a little too much in the movie and I I honestly disagree because I thought they did a great job and I love his character so much. I thought that he added a lot to the movie, especially seeing his distaste for director Krennic. I think that was really interesting because it's not exactly the same, but it made me think of Kylo and General Hux in The Force Awakens. You know, they butt heads, they argue. um, And so it reminded me of that sort of power fight um, from The Force Awakens now in Rogue One between Krennic and Tarkin. Um, so for sure. I'm, I'm glad they had him in the movie a lot and like I just said sure. they did a great job with him so kudos to that and then we also got Princess Leia I know that, it, was, that was the perfect little ending uh, it was you know. so beautiful they, well they had to do something because there's no hope right before that yeah the hope <laughs> is dead ho- before it's that. just horror so they had to do something to be like no 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 things might be alright Right. And I think even with that shot, they could have just shown her from the back. You knew who she is. Like, you knew who is in that white dress with the hood. Absolutely. Dumb. So they could have just shown her from the back, shown her from over the shoulder, getting the Death Star plans. And that could have been the end of the movie. But they had her turn around. And I think she had a line. I forget what she said. But yeah, we actually got to see her face. And yeah. she got to talk, and they did a great job with that, too. And I've seen a little bit of backlash about that character as well. And I'm like, no, it just it ties in so well with A New Hope. I mean, it looks just like Carrie Fisher. Sure, yeah. See, that that's another thing with, like, uh, back on the point you made about, like, the ethics of bringing Peter Cushing. Um, I've acted in a couple things. I'm an actor. And when you do something, it, not even on this scale, but if you do anything, you actually sign over your likeness. For future merchandise and things like that. That's why there'll be like zombies on The Walking Dead on promotional material for The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Those those people who played the zombies do not make money off of that because oh. they signed that over. Like that's that's how it goes. Every time there's a Princess Leia toy sold, Carrie Fisher isn't getting money. Right. So because that's not Carrie Fisher, it's Princess, Princess Leia. Leia. And with this, there if you if you look in the credits, they actually say there's a special thanks to the estate of Peter Cushing. Yeah. So it is cool that they did reach out to his family and like make sure it was okay, which was just that extra thought, that extra care right. toward his memory. But as far as if they should or should not, like Tarkin is a very prominent character. Like he's yeah. he is in charge of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. You can't have the Death Star and not have Tarkin. So I thought it was great, especially going back. I reading Catalyst. Like Tarkin is a very significant part of that book, as is his history with Krennic. And to see that translate on screen is even better. Like I loved it. I loved it a lot. I loved it too. I thought that was one of the biggest highlights for me was seeing that character. And then For sure. And then when they showed Vader, I was like, Oh, oh, oh we're getting real. Like I thought Tarkin <laughs> was getting real. No, no, no. We're getting we're getting real up in here. Oh yeah. So 
Um, another thing I wrote down that I liked about the movie, speaking of Vader, was the back to tank scene because oh, we had really never seen anything like that before. Um, yeah, what's what's left of him in a back to tank? Yeah, so oh. that was so disturbing. I wish we had seen a little bit <laughs> more of that shot, just because it was very sure. short. But it was so powerful and like, oh my gosh. It, yeah. it freaked me out, and it still freaks me out because he's all gross looking in that back to tank. Yeah, um, and then I want to know who his servant is. I know who's that guy. He's his name's Vinny, but I haven't read anything as far as backstory or who he is or what he does. Like, did you get the visual dictionary? Yes, yeah, the visual guide's oh. great. Is he um, you, is that guy in it? Uh, I haven't got that far. Okay, but I can tell you it was definitely written and put together before the movie was done. Okay. Because there are a couple things in it that are not in the movie, like Jen facing off with the TIE fighter. Oh. As and uh, also Saul Guerrero has one of his feet. Oh. Yeah, so huh. just something I noticed. Uh, but so, no, I, I haven't. But I'm very, very interested to see why there was one guy in Vader's castle. Yeah, I'm looking forward to picking up the visual dictionary because I've seen a lot of people post pictures of some of the pages in there, and it, it gives so much information. And just like the one for The Force Awakens, like... I went and saw the movie, I bought the book the next day, and I, like, studied it. And it helped you sort of understand more references in the movie that you might not pick up on. Ditto. So, that's really cool. Um, speaking of Saul Guerrero, I wanted yes. to talk about him because he, man, he was one of the things about the movie that I didn't like. And I loved really? this movie. But going back to the Clone Wars, yeah. I was never a fan of that arc of the Clone Wars. I don't know why. I just felt like his character didn't really grab me, didn't interest me. Sure. Um, I'm a huge fan of clone troopers and bounty hunters, and his character just didn't, you know, get me into Star Wars like those characters did. Sure. So sure. when they announced that he was going to be in the movie, I was like really excited because I was like, wow, they're bringing an animated character into a live action movie. This is a really big right. step for Star Wars. But I sure. really didn't care about which character it was. It was just the fact that they were doing it. So I was hoping... Uh, agreed. Yeah, I was hoping maybe when the movie came out, I would end up liking his character a little more. And that really wasn't the case. Um, and I don't know why. So I didn't like him, but I don't know why. <laughs> um, so I want to know, sure. did you like him or do you feel kind of neutral about him? I, I'm with you in that I did not really enjoy him in The Clone Wars. It just, it, he was just a character. Like, mm -hmm. there was no impact. Like, I felt really bad for him with his sister. But mm -hmm. other than that, I'm like, okay, he's a freedom fighter. There's yeah. a ton of them here. There's nothing special about him to me. Um, but in the movie, I actually really liked him. Um, I What I liked about him was they talk about the alliance, okay? So when we first get introduced to Cassian, he shoots somebody in the back, which is crazy that the guys we see as the good guys just shot someone in the back. Yeah. So you're like, all right, so these are different kind of rebels. This is a different side of the rebellion we've never seen before. Right. And they think Saul Guerrero is an extremist. So I was like, okay, these people who I would consider to be extreme in these situations think he's too crazy to work with. Right. So I liked the idea that somebody who fought a ton in the Clone Wars, lost family members to war, started fighting the Empire, and then got crazier and crazier and crazier. And to hear him like talk to Bodhi, who's straight up telling him the truth, and he's like, yeah, we'll find out, and puts him in the board gullet oh, pen. I love guy. that as he's talking, he's like kind of laughing to himself. He's crazy. Yeah. And then that powerful moment when, he's t when he talks to Jin, 
And he just looks at her and he's like, did they send you to kill me? Mm-hmm. He's like, there's, there's not much of me left. Like, he's so broken and physically and emotionally like a fraction of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I dug that. I dug that quite a bit. Well, they're bringing Saw Gerrera into the next half of season three of Star Wars Rebels. Um, I saw that. They sort of announced that today, actually. So that's really exciting. And I'm hoping maybe seeing him in Rebels will make me appreciate his character in Rogue One a little bit more. For sure. For so sure. I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll like him. But for my first couple of viewings, there's just something about him that wasn't grabbing. Just wasn't clicking. Yeah. yeah. But there you were... Know, a- uh, sorry, <laughs> you know, Forrest Whitaker's doing the voice of him in Rebels. Yes, I think that's so cool. Agreed. It's going to flow a lot better, I think. Um, so I think it's For very sure. neat that they're doing that. But there mm-hmm. were a lot of characters in the movie that I did like. And I have to give a shout out to my homeboys, Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazon. Yes, for making best a little cameo. cameo. That was, I swear, the first time I saw the movie, that was the only part that made me cry. And people are going to be like, why did you cry at the weird, like, dude that gets his arm cut off in A New Hope? I don't know why, but I'm a, I'm obsessed <laughs> with these two characters. Like, if you don't know me very well, I'm just going to let you know I'm a little wild for these characters, and I don't know why. They're just really cool. I like their banter <laughs> in A New Hope. I think it's a completely pointless scene, but it speaks volumes to what Star Wars is all about. And I was so happy when they made it into this movie because a few months ago, somebody had shared sort of a spoilery image that I came across by accident and it was of mm-hmm. you know Panda Baba and Dr. Evazon standing at a counter I don't know they were just standing talking to somebody but it was a very um like low res image or something and they were kind of out of focus so I was like nah, I'm not gonna get my hopes up it's probably not them I tried to like talk myself out of it because I didn't want to get sure. excited so when they actually showed up I squealed and my friend like hit me because <laughs> she knows how much I love them and I cried a little bit, so I was really happy about that. But for sure, um, you can t- you can tell the the Star Wars fans that have been with it for a while when that scene came up because yeah. they would cheer every screening I've been to. People would be oh, and they'd clap and they yeah. cheered at that point. But it's, then everyone else would be like, "What happened?" And it's just like the blue milk in the beginning of the movie. You know, yes. there's so many little references like sprinkled throughout the movie, and there's a whole you know, collection of Rebels references that a lot of people have oh, done yeah. blog posts about. And Dave Filoni confirmed that uh, General Sindula being called over the intercom was Hera and not Chan. Yeah. So that is really awesome. And we see the ghost and we see Chopper. We see Chopper. <laughs> so, God, I love that little guy. So, right. And that's that's the one from the Star Wars show. Yeah, I think that's, that's really cool. Crazy. And I know the guy yeah. who made that droid. So I'm like, dude, what a cool job you have. Like, you right? made this droid for Lucasfilm, and now he is in a Star Wars movie. Like, that is a, so awesome. He's a screen-used prop. Yeah, that's so <laughs> cool. So that made me really happy whenever I started hearing the the people that had seen the movie on opening night, they were like, oh, I think I saw Chopper. I was like, I didn't see him. But then whenever I went back <laughs> a second time, I spotted him. And I was like, this is awesome. So that made me really happy. Um, but I want to know, who was your favorite character in the group of, like, the new Rebels? Ooh, that's hard. That's really hard. Cause They're all I love, amazing. They really are. Like, they all, and they all, like, they're all heroes in, like, every sense of the word. They each yeah. did a job that was so, without each and every one of them, the mission would have failed. Right. Um, whew, probably, 
either Cheer It or K2. Yes. Okay, perfect, because those are my two favorites, so we can discuss yeah. them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, they're all such great characters because they all work together so well, too. And like you Absolutely. said, they couldn't have completed the mission if one of those people wasn't in the mix. For sure. Um, they were. They all had a significant part to play. Right. And they all, you know, eventually sacrificed themselves for the greater good, basically. So um, sure. that was just amazing. But Cheer It... I think Cheer oh. had a funnier line than K2 when he said, are you kidding me? I'm blind. That's when they line. put the, the bag over his head, that made me <laughs> laugh so hard. And I laughed a lot at K2. But when that part happened with Cheer I lost it. I thought that was so hilarious. I, I like, for 30 seconds solid laughed at it. So I, <laughs> I, I didn't catch what went on my first viewing after that for yeah. a segment because I was too busy laughing. Yeah, me too. So perfect. I so think, perfect. I think his character is really interesting because we haven't really seen a lot of characters like that in Star Wars before because, right? I mean, a lot of people were wondering if he's a Jedi and then, you know, he's not a Jedi and he's right. also not Force-sensitive, but he's he's somehow able to he's connect in with the Force. Yeah, he's in tune. I, right. I, would equiv- I would say it's equivalent to, like, Maz. Right. Ma, like, Maz Kanata can feel the Force flowing in people, and she's like, I, I know the Force. Right. So where she's in tuned, but she's not going to be Force-throwing people. Yeah, and it's interesting because in The Force Awakens, we never really got to see Maz use that power that she had or that right. know, connection that she had. But with Chirrut, it could be because he's blind and he has to use all of his senses to sure. get around. But he seemed to like channel the force sometimes for when sure he needed to like when he was fighting i mean he's blind and he's like shooting down ships and hitting yeah. atacts and like blowing things up and you're like dude you don't have eyes like how are you doing this and <laughs> he hit a tie fighter that yes! was flying <laughs> i i cheered and i did a little fist pump whenever he first did that because i thought it was so awesome yeah i i love his his just pure faith you know yeah. he like before he does anything he prays yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he surrenders to the Force and just goes into it. Like, you know, the Force is with me and I am one with the Force. Yeah. Before anything. And if you see, before he shoots that TIE fighter, you know, he like breathes into his hand and mm-hmm. then lifts up and brings it back down, like yeah. centering himself. And that TIE fighter explodes and goes into the gunners. Yeah. Saving the other X-Men. He's like, That's amazing. It's, it's so cool. And I cried. I'm not going to lie to you. I cried when <laughs> you died. And really my favorite, sad. my favorite shot of the entire movie just for composition-wise, was Chirrut praying, walking toward the command switch. Oh, yeah. Oh, my and gosh. And the, the side shot, blasters flying everywhere, explosions, and he's just, I'm one with the force, the force yeah, is with me. Yeah, and it was that, just like, he did his job. It. And Baze is like, Chirrut, come back! And I'm just crying. Oh, and I, I love it when Chirrut says, I don't need luck, I have you. Oh, my yes. gosh. Like, besties forever. Like, yes. that was I, I, so cool. They're like old college buds, you know, yeah. or like o- old soldiers in arms that protected this temple for so long and then Baze is like Chirrut's protector yeah because like my friend's blind i love any is he a jedi and he goes there are no jedis here anymore just dreamers like this fool yeah it's so funny they're like (laughs) they're like brothers and yeah absolutely like so close and they have each other's backs but they still banter with each other and joke around and stuff like i really really like that connection in the movie and I also like the connection between Jin and Cassian and how 
obviously they didn't trust each other at first and then by the yeah. end of the movie they're like well we're gonna die together we might as well hug like you yeah. know like beautiful that, that was, shot of them in oh. the elevator coming down where they're just looking at each other oh, like they so they know i was it like was i can't so i can't do this yeah and then they're just like embracing on the beach and it's like well we're gonna go now so way way let's emotional go together you know like ugh, so star sad. wars has shown me emotional depths i didn't know i could have yeah i just can't yeah. It's too it's too good. And this movie was just so different because obviously it's Star Wars. So we've seen right. war in these movies before, but this was a completely new level because so many people died, all the heroes died. Everyone. Um, you know, <laughs> Vader slaughtered a jillion people it seemed like in 2 seconds yeah. and you know, there was just so much death and it was exciting to see that the rebels were able to capture the Death Star plans. Like, we knew that was going to happen, but it, it was also sad at the same time because you knew how many people had died for that cause. So sure. it was a lot more serious. And I have told a few people that have younger kids, I was like, look, you know, they might love Star Wars, but this might not be something for a four-year-old if they yeah. <laughs> are afraid of certain characters or don't do well with characters dying. Like, you might want to go see this first and then take them to the theater because... It's pretty intense. Um, yeah. And I don't, I, can... I don't really know if people got that. Like, I knew when this movie was being promoted, a lot of people said, it's gritty. It's dark. It's right. real. But I was like, what does that mean? Like, how gritty is this going to get? It's a Disney movie. Like, how, <laughs> how dark are they going to go? But they, they really pushed that line, I feel like. Yeah, they brought it. It's, it I mean, the thing is, this had no Jedi in it. You know what I mean? These were regular, everyday people with seemingly no special abilities giving everything that they had for a cause that they believed in. Yeah. You know, it, it just like, it's, oh, can't, can't. So it's so good. And it's something that we hadn't seen before because we knew that the Rebels stole the Death Star plans. But yeah. now we know, now when we see that card get put into R2 by Leia, like, we know what everyone went through to get that card to that point. It's so much more powerful. It is so powerful. And I hope one day, I don't know if they'll ever do this, but it would be incredible if they did. If Disney did a screening or released a copy of Rogue One with A New Hope immediately following it, but you crop out the crawl of A New Hope. Because we know oh, what yeah. happens. Like, and just make it one mega movie. Because they fit together so perfectly. you know, Absolutely. That it, Absolutely. it is just one giant movie when it's all said and done, take out the crawl of a new hope, put rogue one there. And we have an epic story, you know? Agreed. So I think it would be really cool if they did that one day and I would pay whatever I needed to, to buy that <laughs> or see that. Like, I don't care. 30 bucks a ticket. I'm down. Let's do this. Like, that's right. Just take my money. Take Can my I direct money. deposit into Disney? Yes. I'll just exactly. have it. <laughs> exactly. So I'm glad they sort of pushed the limits for the whole Disney thing because I was actually watching The Force Awakens the other day and I was like, this is a great movie and I never right. really looked at it as a Disney-fied film, but is sure. it? Other than, um, other than Han's death in The Force Awakens, it's a pretty happy, light-hearted movie. There's a lot sure. of humor. Even sure. the way it's filmed is just bright and, you know, beautiful colors and, I don't know, there's just something Disney about it and Rogue One was still Disney yeah. but it was like a, it was like an adult Disney. It was like, this is real. Yeah. People Rogue, are gonna die. Rogue One was, yeah. Rogue One was like the greatest fan film ever made with a Disney budget. Yeah. Because Gareth Edwards is such a fanboy, which is amazing to watch any press with him. Mm -hmm. Um, but Rogue One, like, I I 
I love all the Star Wars movies like a lot. I, I don't have any, you know, I like this, but I don't like this. I love it all. But that being said, I don't think I've ever called a Star Wars movie powerful right. before Rogue One. Yeah. They were all really good and had powerful moments, like emotional moments, but it was never like, I didn't walk out of there feeling like I'd just been through something that felt very real and something I'd heard of, Right. but seeing it in person, like, I don't know, it's really hard to explain. I agree. But it was, it was different, but it was familiar, and it was just a story that, like, we've heard a ton of times. We know the Rebels stole the plans to the Death Star. Right. But now we know it was Baze and Chira and Jin and Cassian and K2. Like, we and, know these people. Yeah, and you knew it on a personal level, and you knew how much crap they went through basically yeah. to do this job and it wasn't easy and it was terrifying and it just it just made it so much more personal when you can for, see through the eyes sure. of these characters and know what that sort of felt like to do that yeah. job. Per- personal is a great word. That's exactly what it was. It was very yeah. it was very very intimate. Yeah. Where other Star Wars movies weren't necessarily intimate. It was like you're being told the story of what happened in the saga. And whereas this were like you were there. Yeah, it feels like you were in the movie. Like you were with that group of characters the whole way. For sure. And I felt like the writers did a very, very good job making it seem almost uh, like George Lucas. It felt very Lucas to me. I think so too. Um, and they just knocked it out john noel gary witta props like a million times every every single person that worked on that movie needs oh yeah huge thank you from us all of of it it's amazing like how much work went in that movie i love watching the credits of movies because oh yeah it's like every single name on there you know i know some of the names on that screen but i don't know all of them but it's it's amazing to know that that name is on that screen for a reason. They did something important and it helped put this whole movie together, you know, and it's like so many people worked on this movie just for people to consume and enjoy. And it turned out great. And I think it really surprised a lot of people. And personally, I was not bashing this movie at all going into it, but I didn't have high expectations at all. I really didn't know what to expect because they kept calling this a standalone, and I was like, what does that really mean? Is that going to affect the way the story is? But right. it's basically just 3.5. Like, it's Star Wars yeah. 3.5 or it's 3.8 3.9. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's right yeah. before 4. So For it sure. fits perfectly in the story, which is awesome. Absolutely. And that was another thing that was different was this being a standalone, it absolutely affected, like, the perception of people. Yeah. Uh, like, I remember I was telling you about uh, Force Friday. Mm-hmm. Force Friday last year, I went to Toys R Us and I got there at like 11 and there were like two, 200 people or so. This year, I was like, all right, well, I don't want to be last in line. So I got there at 10 o'clock, waited there for two hours. I was one of seven people that were yeah. there at midnight for this one. Yeah. Like it just, everyone was asking if Jin was Ray, And because of that, I feel like people weren't expecting it to be what it is. So it was like this little underdog that had all this potential that we weren't right. prepared for. So it's that big of a, that big of a hit. When yeah. you're leaving, because you're like, good lord! I, I mean, even I knew it was going to be good. I wasn't prepared for it to be good. that good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was great. I thought it was it, perfect. Um, agreed. Agreed. And I know a lot of people out there have had different reviews of the movie, and they didn't think it was perfect. And I've noticed something that has really bothered me about reviews of this movie, and I wanted to uh-huh. talk about it. Um, Let's do it. And I was actually going to write it up in a blog post, but I had too many thoughts. It's super hard to, you know, organize my thoughts. So <laughs> I was like, we're going to talk about this on the show. Sure. And I know I'm going to get backlash for it. And it is what it is. This is my show. I'm going to talk about how I feel. 
That's right. I'll be there for you. A lot of people said that they didn't feel like the female representation in this movie was good. They felt like it wasn't enough. And while Hmm. I sort of agree, I want to cover how I feel about this. So some people saw this movie one time and said, I didn't see any females in the background of this movie. How dare you, Lucasfilm? You need to put more women in your movies. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I spotted (laughs) plenty of women. And let me just say, yes, we have Jen. Yes, we have Mon Mothma. You know, those are great Mm -hmm. characters, but obviously we want more than that. So let me tell you, we got got like three different pilots, you know, or four. And we got different soldiers and people in the tech rooms and, you know, people on the rebel base. We got all kinds of women. And I'm just going to say this, as a girl with short hair, if I was (laughs) in an X-Wing costume... Wearing a helmet, you mm-hmm. probably wouldn't notice I was a girl. These girls in Star Wars are not wearing lots of makeup. Their cleavage isn't showing. They're not wearing right. skin tight outfits. Their uniforms are the same as the guys. The Rebellion has no money. They're reusing yeah. <laughs> everything they can. They're not making cute little outfits for the girls. They're not, you know, coming up with these awesome designs for the females to wear. Everybody's wearing the same thing pretty much, you know, the same right. uniforms. So for me personally, it was my mission to look for females when I saw this movie for the second time. And I will tell you, there are a lot of women in the background yeah. of this movie, but they look like men. But it's because <laughs> they're in a war. They don't have time to make their hair look cute. They just throw it up in a bun and throw their little cap on or their helmet on and they go to work. You know, they don't have right. time to put makeup on. It's just, I don't know what people are looking for in the background of this movie, but I will tell you, the women are there. And, <laughs> Even the way the movie is shot, there's a very, very, very shallow depth of field Mm -hmm. of the shots when they're focusing on characters. If it's a landscape, obviously you can see everything in the entire shot. But if they're talking to Mon Mothma or Jin or Cassian, pretty much everything behind them is blown out of focus so that you're just focusing on them. So it's difficult to see the women standing behind them or even the men standing behind them. And I noticed so many women with long hair in the background of some of those shots. And it was hard to see because they were out of focus, but I looked and I saw them. So for sure, I I don't know what movie people are watching. (laughs) And I will say to everybody who thinks that there should have been more women in like the main roles, I completely agree with you. You know, I think cheer would have been an awesome girl to have. And you know, Maybe sure. people would have speculated a romance between Chirrut and Baze if, if Chirrut had been a woman. But yes, there are right. characters that could have been women. And I agree that, you know, maybe next time Lucasfilm should make those steps. But as far as background characters go, please stop <laughs> nagging about it. Like, and that, That's a great point that you made that there are women there, but they're not dressed like women. Yeah. Because I can confirm that there are women in some of those Stormtrooper armor. Yes. Absolutely. Because, like, and in Episode Seven, there were women stormtroopers. Like Star Wars, there are women Absolutely. everywhere. Look at Phasma. There's nothing feminine about Phasma's armor. No, you would never it's... know until she spoke. And a Correct. lot of those stormtroopers didn't speak. You know, so I, yeah, there, I just... there were there were a lot of women in Rogue One. Yeah. Quite quite a bit. There were like five or six pilots. Even the one that was in the U wing, that was in the trenches, dropping people off for reinforcements. Yeah. It was a woman pilot. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people have mentioned, you know, the original group of members that defected to Jin to go to Scarif and fight for this cause. Mm-hmm. They were all men. I totally right. agree with you. Yep, every single dude I saw, every single person I saw was a dude. 
Right. So I'm not going to argue with, with you on that. And yes, I think it would have been really cool if some of those members had been women. But I also have to mention this entire group of guys decided to follow a woman's orders. Like that is insane. It's, it's so cool. And I noticed when they brought in reinforcements to Scarif, there were definitely women on that team. So group one didn't have any women, but they were serving a woman. And when they brought in the second group, it was a lot of women. I noticed. So I wanted to point that out. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. All the men that volunteered were following Jin. Yeah. And they didn't argue with her and they didn't disregard anything. She said, right. They, They, they risked their lives for her plan. Exactly. And they trusted her to give them the right orders and lead them to victory, even if it meant they had to lose their lives along the way. And I think that speaks volumes. And I wish people didn't get so caught up on this topic because I'll tell you, I'm a female fan. I've been bullied for being a girl who likes Star Wars. I know how it feels to finally see a female character and feel like, yeah, oh my gosh, people get it. Like, you know, right. girls can be in Star Wars. Girls can do anything they want. But I feel like we're really getting that. And, and in The Force Awakens, we got Phasma and Rey, who are two both very different characters, but very strong women. Jin right. is a very strong wo- woman. And I know, you know, we need more of them. But I also feel like it's super important to point out the small victories that people have made and how Kathleen Kennedy has led this company into making a change. And, I mean, the racial diversity in this movie was just through the roof. I mean, I saw so many different kinds of faces and skin colors, and it was beautiful. Absolutely. it's. I guess it's one of those things where people are looking for any any type of representation. And there were a lot of women there, but they weren't seeing the women. Like, the Rogue One, that group, you have Jen, but then you've got a droid, and then you have men. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're just looking for a more prominent position, perhaps. Right. I mean, like I'm, I'm a man, so I can't really speak on these issues definitively. Right. Um, but I, I do think it's great. I love that Star Wars is on the forefront of diversity. I love that Lucasfilm is headed by a woman. That half of Lucasfilm's like behind the scenes team are women. They're women. I think it's amazing, and I love that. It seems, I and I hope that we move into a time where it's not even a thing where it's like we're all just people you know right. what i mean like jen is a great character i think it's awesome like this character could be either cheer is a great example like you said cheer yeah. very easily could have been a woman so i totally understand uh, a want for something like that and i i honestly think we're gonna get there i think in the way that hollywood works it, as far as funding goes and i can't really speak on lucasfilm or disney's point of view but like ghost in the shell is a movie that's coming out next year ghost in the shell is an anime the main character is Japanese, but they got Scarlett Johansson to play her, yeah. which is inaccurate. But were it not for Scarlett Johansson's star power, that movie would never be made. Right. So it's like we're seeing a turn in the times to where, I mean, the third highest grossing movie of all time, Episode 7, has a black guy and a girl as the lead. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Like we're in a very, very interesting time for progress. Yeah. And that's, a, that's why I get so frustrated, I think, is because... I think everybody should be allowed to voice their opinions and I don't I don't get mad at people really for voicing their opinions about the Absolutely. female representation at all. Like people if you feel that way, go for it. But I just personally get frustrated because I feel like the people who are in charge of making these decisions, especially Kathleen Kennedy, I feel like she has done so much and she has worked so hard to make a change, especially sure. in Star Wars, and it's kind of affecting the world. 
that I want to recognize those changes instead of pointing out the flaws. And it's fine if you do point out the flaws, but I really wish people would point out the good things first and say, you know, I love this and this and this, and I love this female character, and she was great, and all the women in this movie were strong, but I wish there had been a few more. Like, that's fine. But I saw a lot of reviews that were just like, you know, Rogue One wasn't that great because there weren't enough women. And I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> where are you from? Like, right. did you You're, not see seeing the it from same a, movie? <laughs> because they're, they're seeing it from a very specific point of view to where they're not really watching it. They're expecting to check off this card. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, com- I completely agree with you. Like, give it its due credit. And also, time. Change takes time. Change and we takes are, a lot And we are time. seeing it. And we've, I feel like we've seen change fairly quickly. Um, I think Absolutely. there were a lot more women in this movie than we saw in The Force Awakens, you know, I can't say that for sure as a fact because I didn't go through and check off boxes of how many women we <laughs> saw in each movie. But for me personally, right. I felt like I saw more female faces in this movie I think so. rather than in The Force Awakens. But, you know, like you said, I think time will change things and I, I just wish people would be more patient. And I don't know why this bothered me so much, but <laughs> when I first saw the backlash about the lack of female characters in this movie, I was like, I'm going to see this movie tomorrow and I'm going to count the people in the background. (laughs) I'm going to look for them. I didn't focus on one main character the whole time I was watching that movie. I was looking for women. And there (laughs) there were just so many women that didn't look overly feminine or sexualized. And that's why people probably didn't notice them. And I think that's a great thing. I don't want to see overly Agreed. feminine or overly sexualized women movies all the time it gets boring like it's just not fun to see because not all women look like that so for sure to see a woman in an x-wing pilot costume you know not a lot of makeup messy hair you know she's in a battle she doesn't care what she looks like she's just doing yeah. her job the girl in the trenches fighting yeah. alongside the men just as people i think it's I amazing think that's awesome so you know I think if you are sort of on the fence of or completely on the fence of thinking, oh, this movie didn't have enough women, I would just say go see it again. Really (laughs) look before you speak. And if you still feel that way, that's fine. But I think after seeing it once, making a judgment call like that is a little too strong. Even I couldn't say it after seeing it once. I was like, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to that. I was watching Jen and Cassian, you know, like, yes, that group could have had more women. But if you're going to talk about the background characters, focus on that as well. Sure. That that also goes to like people are people see what they see. Like I remember Mark Hamill telling a story about when his soon when his later on wife, uh, they went and saw Star Wars together in theaters Mm -hmm. and she was a dentist. (laughs) <laughs> and as she's watching it, some Imperial officers are talking to each other and she just leans over to Mark and goes, bad caps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. So people are going in looking for that representation and then didn't get it. And that's how they feel via their, the way that they're looking at it. Right. So everyone sees it differently. But I totally, I understand. Absolutely. Yeah. And when people say, you know, we want more women, we want more females represented in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, I don't want a movie catered toward me as a woman i want a movie catered to towards me as a star wars fan you know i don't sure. want to see women there just for the sake of women you know for sure that's just... I, com- I completely agree with that because that's become a thing now where people just want representation without and even need for accuracy yeah. you know it's like i just want this to be here to have all these boxes checked exactly um like there were i read an article today that actually talked about um possible romantic involvement between chirrut and Baze. 
Mm-hmm. And I am totally for new gay characters. I think it's, I think that'd be great. Yeah. But I think it's also like a double-edged sword where just because two men care for each other, do they have to be gay? Right. You know what I mean? And I so think, it's like seeing both angles. Right. And I think in order for that to actually happen in Star Wars, for a character to be openly gay or whatever, whatever they want to be, I think that there need to be writers and even directors that understand that walk of life. Um, for sure. I don't it think... It needs, needs to be authentic. Right. Not just for the sake of putting in the character. Make it real. Yeah. I don't know if I want a straight white male writing a lesbian female or something in a movie. You know, I, I want right. people who have lived through that life to write those sorts of characters so that they're accurate and they're not there just to check off the box of representation. I want them to be there to serve a purpose Agreed. And just be a character. They don't even need to be there to check off a box. They just need to be a character. And that writer can write their own personal experiences into this character, which would make it so much more relatable to those people, you know? And Absolutely. That's, and we, we, have, we have gay characters in Star Wars in the books. Right. Like there's an Imperial officer named Sanjir in the Aftermath trilogy. Um, Timon's aunt, like Snap Wexley from Episode 7, his aunt is gay. That's awesome. So like they're there. And it's authentic, and that's cool. Like, I feel like that would do more for authentic representation to make them authentic characters as opposed to, like you said, to check the box of representation just to have them there. Yeah, and I think, you know, we we do need those sorts of things represented in Star Wars. But absolutely, I'm okay with waiting for those things in order for them to be done the right way. I don't want them to rush that sort of a character just to please people who are begging for it. I want them to really make that a character with substance and really do justice to people who want that sort of character, you know? I completely agree. So, yeah, I think, you know, those things are very important along with gender representation and racial diversity. But I think it's one of those things. Which this movie had a lot. It had a ton of, which I think is so cool. Because I remember being, um, actually, I don't know if this was at a panel or if it was in a panel that I watched, but somehow... Leading up to The Force Awakens, I saw a panel and um, somebody who was Asian asked J.J. Abrams if there would be any Asians in The Force Awakens and forget what his answer was. But I think Kathleen Kennedy sort of took over and said, you know, you'll be seeing more Asians in Star Wars. And she was right. You know, we got Chirrut yeah. and there were a lot of other Asian characters in that And base. Yeah. So yeah. we saw that representation and you know when kathleen kennedy answered that question that was two years ago so (laughs) it took some time to get there they're working on these things and they know how important it is because they're reading what people put out there they're not blindly making star wars movies for themselves they're making these movies for star wars fans and they they know what we want so you know know, on on the diversity train bodie rook yeah you know, Bodhi is, I mean, he's English, he's from England, but he's got Middle Eastern heritage, obviously, and it was cool to see that. And he was, in my opinion, he was one of the most heroic characters of the whole movie. I think so, too. I really liked him, and I really, like, connected Like, he was an imperial him. defector, yeah. you know? Like, that dude, you know, how much, you know how much guts it takes to leave the Empire? A lot. And to be a spy, <laughs> to go... And not even to go to the Rebellion, to go to Saw Gerrera. Yeah. <laughs> the people the Rebellion think is too extreme. Yeah. And like he never quit. He could have backed out at any time and he didn't. He stayed true. And that scene where he plugs in the comm switch to get it out, like, oh, it was incredible. Such bravery showed by Bodhi. Yeah. I, I loved that character as well. 
I agree. I agree. So moving on from my soapbox, I've said what I needed to say. <laughs> and just like I said, I know I'm going to get backlash from this. So I'm going to clarify real quick. I'm not saying that there don't need to be more women in Star Wars. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying go see the movie again. Count and look for them. You know, you might not be looking for ponytails and long eyelashes and lipstick, but they're there. <laughs> um, sure. And I agree, you know, the main cast could have had one or two more women or even half of the group could have been women to sort of balance things out. But they didn't go that route. But hopefully in the sure. future they will. So I'm not I'm not disagreeing with people on this. But I just wanted to point out that this movie did make a giant step in the right direction. So we're getting there. Right um, on. So it's exciting. We're getting there and it's really exciting. That's right. So yeah. Rogue One. Final thoughts on Rogue One, Brian. Rogue One was incredible. Incredible. I loved so many different things about it. K2. We got a droid that had personality more than any of the other droids. What a sweetie. I just love him. I I cried in two parts of this movie. The first was when K2 died. It got, got, I don't know why it got me, but it did. Just, yeah. the mission would have failed right away were it not for K2. They never right. would have found the plans. You know, he locked the door behind them. Like, he told them to climb. Yeah. And he got shot like a hundred times and I kept know. fighting. Oh. K2 and the sass that this droid had sass was so master. good. And I'm I'm a huge Alan Tudyk fan. Mm-hmm. Like, huge. Since his Firefly days and A Knight's Tale. And uh, he's such a good actor. Mm-hmm. And I've met him a couple times. He's just a great dude. And... The fact that I, I love that I've heard some things that Gareth Edwards let him once he got a grasp of the character, they kind of let him improv bits here and there. Like, what would K two say here? Yeah. And the line where he slaps Cassian, he's like, "And there's a fresh one if you mouth off again." Yeah. That was that not was in the script. That oh was improv. Oh my gosh, that That's was so great. Good. Yeah. And then later, I'm sorry for the slap. Yes. It's so I loved K two so much. I loved him uh, too. And cheer it, cheer it. I cried real bad. <laughs> I know. He was such a sweetie. Well, I think my final thoughts would just be that it was a great movie. And honestly, sure. it might be my new Star Wars, my favorite Star Wars movie. Like, it's hard Ooh. for me. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I feel bad saying Ooh. it out loud. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be able to let go of Empire Strikes Back as my favorite Star Wars movie. Because that is insanely nostalgic for me. So I'm not saying it for sure yet. But Rogue One is up there, but on a different... It's it's on the same level, but for very different reasons, if that makes sense. You sure. know, Empire for me is very nostalgic. It's like my childhood in a movie. But sure. Rogue One is just... Ugh, it's just such a good story <laughs> and such good characters, and I could watch it over and over. I think I'll just for sure. love it forever. You know, whereas like with The Force Awakens, I loved that movie a lot. And I thought that was my new favorite Star Wars movie. But as the year kind of trickled on, I just kind of like drifted from it a little bit. And I can't really right. watch it over and over. So it'll be interesting to see if Rogue One has that rewatch value that I have with Empire. I could watch Empire every day for the rest of my life and not get sick of it. Absolutely. So, it, like we said on the phone the other day, like it's, it's hard when new Star Wars movies come out because we've grown up with these movies and we have these orders. And like we love them all, but it's like, all right, this one's been my favorite my whole life. So yeah. it's... It's kind of feels sort of sacrilegious when you're like, but I like this one better than the one that I've had my whole life. Yeah. 
it's it's a weird sort of it's like getting experience. a new favorite toy or something yeah it's like, it's like getting a new dog like yeah. you've had this one forever but it's like this one's really new and cool and, and it kind of spends more time <laughs> with me yeah, exactly. yeah this one lets me walk him and that one kind of gets mad like yeah it's kind of it's hard but rogue one is it's special man it it's was so good. pretty great i would say it's flawless honestly i mean i had my little issue with saw Gerrera, but right other than that, I mean, it there, was, and it wasn't like he was a bad character. I just didn't fall in love with him. Sure, you just didn't dig him. He could have been any other character, it. and it would have been fine. He could have been some random person. He didn't even need to be somebody brought in from the Clone Wars, and I would have felt right. the same way. So, it is what it is. Right, I, I right. thought the movie was just perfect. Agreed. I got, I got nothing bad to say about it. Like the, the only thing in the whole movie where I was like, eh, okay, was the title Rogue One. The text looks so strange. <laughs> oh. I didn't even think it, about that until now. Yeah. It's very like just there. I don't know. It just yeah. didn't, it didn't have the it wasn't the Star Wars font and it was kind of I don't know, something about it just didn't pop enough for me, but that's that's a preference thing, not a criticism. It might grow on you too, and that kind of helps it stand apart for sure. as a standalone movie, so. Absolutely. And what does that say about the movie that the only thing where I was like, eh, it's right. ring a bell was didn't like the, the font. Text. <laughs> <laughs> the font of two words in the yeah. entire movie. <laughs> yeah. It's that's a but pretty we got, good. We got everything else. Rebels, Clone Wars, all these references like Yeah. We got to see a juggernaut. I know. Run by the Empire. Uh, it, what? This movie just like perfectly tied together the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. Like it just, everything. It Vader's just on glued Mustafar. everything together. It glued everything together. Yeah, it's insane. It's Vader's on Mustafar. Like I that's know. a thing. That's a thing. I know. I can't wait. I want to pick up the visual dictionary and I want to pick up the art of Rogue One because I'm really into concept art and learning oh, about yeah. all that stuff. And I think there's some tidbits on Mustafar in that book. So I really want to check those out. Um, Real quick, what did you think of Krennic? Oh, loved him. Okay, first of all, his yeah. rain cape. Like, uh, I want one. I want a rain cape so badly. I am um, team cape all day. Me too. Day. Me too. Forget what Edna Mode says. Like, yeah, for real. We for real. love capes. What does she know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I, I loved his character, and you know, it's unfortunate that he died too. But um, I really liked. First, sorry. I, yeah, I like the. Um, the bickering between him and Tarkin, and I liked, you know, how prideful he was. And Darth Vader had that beautiful pun, you know, "Don't choke on oh, your yeah. aspirations." <laughs> like, ugh, so great. I beautiful. really liked his character. I thought he was great, and I thought Ben Mendelsohn was a great um, actor. Oh, and I this love is him. crazy. I'm going to mention this. Um, somebody posted that Krennic would have been cool if Helen Mirren had played that character, and it was a woman. And I was like, oh. you know what? I would actually go for that. So, yeah. you know, kind of sort of going back to the whole female representation thing, that would have been a cool change to add more women. I would have been all for that. Sure. So For for anyone that reads the EU, there's a character that you'd probably really like. Her name is Ray Sloan. She's an Imperial officer that's a woman that moves her way up, and she's in, like, five canon books. Cool. Like, she's very prominent. Um, so you'd probably like her. As far as, like, female villains. Yeah, I'm gonna um, read she's that in one a new soon. dawn, which is really good. I um, have so many books to catch up on, and the good thing is it's winter really break do. now. So I, <laughs> I'm gonna read Catalyst, and then I'm gonna read Lords of the Sith, and then I'm gonna do read it. Last Stars. So then I'll catch up, and we'll talk about that in a couple months on another show. Yes, you um, should. They're which so good. Be a good discussion since you know we'll be buzzing sure. about Rogue One until then. 
So yeah, for sure. Thanks for joining me to talk about Rogue One. Where can people find you on social media? People can find me um, at Jedi Brian on pretty much everything. Um, Instagram, Twitter, I never Snapchat, but I have one. Uh, Facebook, I'm Jedi Brian 2 on Facebook. That I have my page where Ugh. I do costuming and stuff. Number two. I, luckily, two <laughs> is my favorite number. That's good. <laughs> so I'm like, whew, it's, it's just as good. Um, but yeah, and then I have a podcast, um, soundcloud.com slash Jedi Brian, also on iTunes called The Interesting Podcast that you've been on. Ooh, um, And then I just started a new podcast with a friend of mine, and we're watching and reviewing every episode of The Clone Wars because he's never seen it. And I have so. not listened to that yet, but that is a brilliant idea. So if any of my listeners out there are into The Clone Wars, I will link Brian's new podcast below um, this podcast so you can listen to that. And I'm also going to link the episode that I was in on his show because we just had a, a blast. <laughs> it was just like a giant Star Wars party. <laughs> yeah. So as, wait, that's You can hear us become best friends over the course of an hour and yeah, a half. Yeah, <laughs> as we're talking, I'm like, wait, you like that too? Oh, yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, this is my favorite character. He's your favorite character too. So it's <laughs> just Moody a, made you cry? <laughs> it's like the prequel to this episode. So go listen yeah, to that yeah. if you need more podcasts to listen to. You can find me online on Facebook at facebook.com slash thedorkydiva. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Savannah underscore Kiefer. And you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash thedorkydiva. And I have to give my subscribers a shout out. Um, the people who subscribe $5 a month are Kristen, Joanna, Sherry, Aaron, Mandy, Freling, Brian, Jamie, Mike, Enrique, and Anthony. Thank you to all of you for being a patron on my Patreon account. Um, and if you want to check that out, I just want you to know that all of the proceeds that I get on that account every month are funded directly back into my blog and my podcast. So um, the more patrons I get, the more cool stuff I'm going to be able to make. It covers all of my podcast hosting fees, website hosting fees, equipment um, for my podcast and video blog. So thank you everyone for subscribing over there. And we'll be back next month with a new show. Brian will be back in February to talk about Star Wars books with me. Sweet. So may the force be with all of you.